Welcome to Cancer, the Emotional Mountain. I'm Tammy, a cancer patient with a roller coaster of emotions, and I want to share them with you. With the diagnosis of cancer comes emotions, feelings that no doctor can prepare you for, feelings that can sometimes consume you and take you over. As you try to navigate all the medical terminology, treatments, surgeries, friends, family, you have a mountain in your path. Some days the path is easy. No steep hills, no cliffs. And on other days, it might as well be Mount Everest without a guide, without food or water, and not even a map. On those days, you need someone who understands who walks the same path, someone who climbs with you. And that's where I come in. Take my hand and let's take it one step at a time together. Eat, get well soon, and oh, just shut up. Hi, this week might not be one of your favorites, but it's been on my mind for a couple of years now, so I'm going to do it anyway. But just remember, we love everybody, no matter what role they pay in our recovery. Although this podcast is for the cancer patients, I've decided to add a little something for the caregivers and friends just in case they're listening. First, let me start with, I've been a caregiver more times than I care to think about. First was in my 20s for a dear friend diagnosed with AIDS, then an aunt, both of my parents, and my cousin. In all situations, I thought I was doing my very best, giving them everything they needed taking them to doctor's appointments, taking notes, getting all the information that we'd need later, taking them to treatments, running errands, sitting by their side when they wanted or needed someone. For years following their deaths, I felt I'd done all they needed. But I was wrong. This started with a visit to a psychiatrist. I was now the cancer patient. I had just learned that my cancer had returned after only three months. I was lost, scared again, and needed to talk about it. It unearthed an alarming realization. I had not done all they needed, and I had made some mistakes. I'm talking, and suddenly I'm sobbing. I did not do my very best for them. And I'm telling you this because I've learned by being the caregiver and being the patient and listening to others. I'm not trying to be mean or judgmental, and this might sting a little if you're a caregiver, but you need to shut up. I know you're probably thinking, what? She doesn't know. But let it sink in for a minute. If you're not a cancer survivor or a patient currently being treated, 
you don't know. I'm going to repeat that. You don't know. Only the patient knows. Only the person who has cancer inside of their body is getting treat and is getting treatments that are harsh, invasive, and painful. No. I know you're freaking out. I know you're scared. That's normal. In fact, if you say you aren't, I'm concerned about you. Yes, they need you. Yes, taking them to doctor's appointments and treatments and listening and taking notes is key. Trying to navigate everything when you don't feel good is very hard to do. But there's one thing you shouldn't be doing. Don't talk for them. Don't tell the doctor everything you're seeing. Let the patient tell the doctor what they're feeling. Oh, well, he or she just doesn't feel good. I'm with them all the time. I see what's going on. That may be, but you don't know everything they want or don't want. You are scared. You are praying. You are hoping for a miracle. You are being upbeat, encouraging, helping. I did that. And yet there I sat, crying. I had not done everything they needed. I've watched as caregivers monopolize the conversation with the doctor. I thought back to how I had done that. My mom was a quiet person. She didn't want to bother the doctor with all the details. So I'd give a rundown of everything that had happened since our last visit. And since she just sat quietly and let me, I thought I was helping. Now I realize how I should have looked to her. Read the room, so to speak. There are so many emotions that go with this disease. And they aren't all yours. And you have to let the patient have some control. Because they already feel like they have none. Recently, as I've been working at the cancer center, I've heard caregivers doing the same thing. He's not eating well. I've tried everything. He just won't eat. She says she doesn't have that much pain, but I can clearly see that she does. So what's the harm? It's true. The harm is that the reaction the doctor may or may not get. Some doctors are wonderful, have the time and care enough to confirm everything with the patient. Others may be rushed, running behind, take the caregiver's word for it and carry on. I keep hearing from caregivers. I've been a caregiver many times. I know how they feel. No, no, you don't. I had no clue, and it was my parents. I'm an only child. I am the person they trusted most in the world, and I had no idea how they felt. I don't care if you're a doctor, a nurse, an administrator that's worked in oncology for 40 years. If you haven't had cancer or the surgeries, the radiation and the treatments and the chemo, you have no idea. I can't stress that enough. I can look into a patient's eyes and see that they're 
they aren't going to say anything to go against the caregiver. Their eyes are sad. Their shoulders are slumped. They just want to go home. So now that I've probably hurt your feelings, you disagree, etc., here's what you can do. Listen. We are still the same person that we were before cancer. We've trusted you with so many things. Trust us to talk when we're ready. Please don't start each conversation with, Are you hungry? Do you have pain? Have you taken your meds? Don't forget you have a treatment today. Start with, Good morning. Did you sleep okay? Is there anything you want to do today? Things you said before cancer. If you're already doing exactly this, I virtually hug you and thank you. Your patient is very, very blessed. Now let's talk about friends. Whoa. Here's something I never thought would happen. And my new cancer friends have confirmed this many times over. You'd, you'd think cancer was contagious the way some friends disappear. Either they can't handle it, or they're afraid you'll want their help. But after the initial, I am so sorry, is there anything I can do? There's crickets. Life is busy. We are all busy. There is no way a patient thinks that everyone's world should stop and that we get all the attention. But what they didn't bargain for is that you would never even text again. I'm a firm believer that friends are sometimes just for a season. They come, they go. As do you in others' lives. But for those who have forgotten their cancer friend... Please don't expect them to rally ar around when they're well and you have time. These are excuses. Just excuses. I don't know when to call you that you'd be up for a chat. Funny. That never concerned you before. If I'm not up for a chat, my phone goes to voicemail. I get texts even when I'm not up for it. I am so blessed. I have those great friends that have stayed in contact. A simple have a good day text gives me so much joy. And I know I'm on their mind. And no matter how I feel, if I'm awake, I respond. It's the ones that say, I'm going to call you. And they never do. I can toss them out of my circle and hold the others dear to my heart. As a patient and survivor, we know who has cared and who is just too busy. It's sad, but it doesn't change my life or future, except the part where they aren't in it. <laughs> if you've lost contact with a few friends, it's okay. That season was over, and you move on. Besides, as a miracle, you've got so much to look forward to, you'll be way too busy to care. Now, the wonderful souls who are nutritionists, we love you. You bring insight and information some patients find truly valuable and would never have known. But here's a couple tips from chemo and radiation patients. 
Food is the enemy. Some days. Most days. Please refrain from doing a nutrition consultation or suggestions doing chemotherapy. Most of us are doing our best to hold it together. A chat about food, what we can eat or should eat, it's nauseating. And I assure you the chemo is already doing a bang-up job of that. You're losing weight. I'm vomiting and shitting all day most days. How about some insure? How about I insure that I puke it all up over you? (laughs) These pep talks are held during infusion. How about another day that would be more successful? Before infusion, days after, and never, not ever, after an infusion. I've got to get home and blow chunks. Also, a plastic fork will not trick anyone into believing they don't taste metal. If a patient has told you it does, that's because they're trying to be nice to you so you'll stop talking. And they don't want to tell you how stupid you sound. Forks do not have flavor. Chemo does that. Just saying. To healthcare workers and administrators, please, for the love of God, leave the perfume at home. It's for date night, not healthcare. There isn't enough Zofran on the planet when someone clouds you with a heavy dose of sweet, cheap perfume. And while we're getting chemo, it's all cheap smelling. I don't care how much you paid for it. And for my last and final bitch, never, another not ever, respond to something a patient says with, I know how you feel. I know what you're going through. Even as a cancer patient, I have no idea what another patient is feeling. And I wouldn't dream of saying so. Here's something I found that I really liked. I can continue life as a happy person, even if I miss my old friend. I will no longer entertain my mind with regrets of that person when there are new people eager to befriend me. I want you to stay strong. Remember, take care of yourself first, then the others. Don't be afraid to say, shh, shut up. If you'd like to join the free Facebook group, it's called Cancer, the Emotional Mountain. My private email is c. Mountain at gmail.com. Please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend that needs to hear it. And then they'll be angry with me and not you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.